This is a Federal News Network podcast. Anyone who thinks they've got cybersecurity chops can prove it in an upcoming challenge competition. Sponsored by Microsoft, the challenge is hosted by AFSIA and the Intelligence and National Security Alliance, INSA. You'll have to hurry. This year's Emerging Professionals in the Intelligence Community, or EPIC, launches in just days. Here with details, Microsoft Federal Senior Account Executive Neelu Norton. Ms. Norton, good to have you on. Thank you, Tom. Good morning. Pleased to be on, and, and thank you for the opportunity. And account technology strategist Joel Day. Mr. Day, good to have you on. Thank you so much, Tom. Tell us about EPIC, first of all, the background here, the Emerging Executive in intelligence community. What is this program all about? The FCA Emerging Professionals in the Intelligence Community is a group focused on developing leaders, networking, and giving back to the community. Our committee consists of mid-career professionals ages 40 and under across the intelligence community from both private and public sectors. We're collaborating on a number of different initiatives to include this series EPIC App Challenge, hosted at the Intelligence and National Security Summit. And we are an extension of the longstanding FCS Intelligence Committee. While we have three core pillars that we are focused on, where we collaborate across private and public sectors, the part of it that really stood out to me two years ago, Tom, when I first joined the committee, while developing the leadership skills and having the opportunity to network, across the community, the piece of it that really meant the most to me was giving back. Given where my family comes from and immigrating to the United States due to religious persecution, the part of the mission that was very meaningful was being part of that fight. I mean, part of the journey with the women and the men that really serve silently across the community. They are our guardians of the freedom that we have. And what I wanted to do is outside of my daily work is have an opportunity to really serve in a way that was much bigger than I am. And Joel, tell us about the app challenge. This is not the first year. Tell us what it is and how you've expanded it a little bit this year. Yeah, thanks, Tom. So uh, yeah, Nilu had invited me to join her as the co-chair of the app challenge. So in Epic, we have multiple outreach programs. And the one that uh, stuck out to us was this this app challenge event the genesis of the app challenge was we wanted to get individuals and teams together with a specific challenge that is focusing on something that the the ic has as part of their their mission and have kind of a hackathon or some sort of a competition to bring people together to to meet these challenges so how it works uh, so individuals and teams can sign up to compete Teams are judged based on how well they meet the the criteria of the challenge. Um, each year, we come up with a new challenge, and these challenges uh, we we take back to the Epic Committee. We have multiple options, and then we vote on which one we like the best. The way that we decided this year's challenge was we were looking at what was in the headlines challenges not only the intelligence community was facing, but private sector, other public sector organizations. We came up with a lot of cybersecurity-focused challenges. I thought that that was a a great opportunity to not only broaden the availability of 
talent for the app challenge, but also shift from previous year's challenges and, and make it a new focus. Sure. And who is eligible to enter either individually or as a team? Would it be mid-career people 40 and under that are part of the Epic? There is no limitation. Anyone can sign up to enter into the competition. You need to have at least one person and teams have at most five people. Now, these teams don't have to belong to the same organization. They don't have to work together. They don't have to study the same university. Uh, they don't even have to be in the same uh, country. We, we've had in previous years teams that had folks spread across the entire globe. Um, in fact, last year's winners at Nokia, they had a global team uh, they, they entered into that competition. We're speaking with Joel Day. He's an account technology strategist and with Neelu Norton, senior account executive, both at Microsoft Federal. This year, then, they're not coming up with an app so much as a total solution to a cybersecurity challenge. And tell us some of the parameters there, like they have to be legal in what they do. They can't hack into a system illegally and, and solve that type of problem. But there's some pretty tough strictures that they have to meet. Yeah, exactly, Tom. So, in previous years, we focused on problem sets that required programming or data science skill sets to compete. And we feel that that limited the types of technical teams that could successfully compete in the competition. Um, so this year, we chose a much broader topic uh, that requires expertise outside of the traditional you know, software development and data science realms. So technical professionals with deep understandings of modern cyber threats provide so much value to private companies and government organizations, especially those that are inside the, the IC. And we wanted to highlight the value that these professionals bring in this year's challenge. So now a winning team, in my opinion, would be looking at the parameters we put on our website for the app challenge. And those parameters are, you know, look at a modern cyber threat and describe how you how it works, describe how you can mitigate against it, or how you could prevent similar attacks in the future. In my mind, you would need to borrow technical talent from multiple different disciplines. I mean, you're going to want to have the traditional developers and the data scientists, but you're also going to look at your information assurance professionals, your cybersecurity experts, bringing them into this challenge, You know, having a team that has folks across those disciplines, that to me is what a winning team would look like at this year's challenge. And Nilu, tell us who the judges are, because they look like some heavyweights from the government sector you're really trying to benefit here. Tom, we are really excited to have three senior executives across the government join us and participate in this year's challenge. We have Colonel Candace Frost, Miss Lisa Bennett, as well as Miss Yvette Nonette as part of the judges panel. We should point out that Colonel Frost is in the Army. Lisa Bennett is a senior intelligence officer in the U.S. Army Training and Doctrine Command. And Yvette Nanti is a national defense strategy integrator in the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security. And we are absolutely thrilled to have the participants this year have that level of exposure. You know, typically when private sector is pursuing an opportunity to really have their solutions showcased in a meaningful way, it is unlikely to have an opportunity to really have that conversation at a higher level and have the exposure to the senior leaders across the intelligence community. So in our opinion, while the cash prize for the winning team is certainly an incentive. It's really that exposure across senior leaders, across the government, as well as FCA's leadership that is really the golden token for participants to, to really want to 
to be part of this challenge this year. And you mentioned the prize. What do the winners get? The winning team receives 5000 in cash and the second team receives 1000 in cash prize. In my humble opinion, when there is a winning solution of this magnitude, it really serves the community when it is a IC-wide initiative and not just something specific to one agency. It's really a broader collaborative effort here that we're, we're looking to achieve. And Joel, what happens to the pieces of intellectual property thus produced? Can the government say, hey, I'd like to try that or what happens? That's a great question. So in past competitions, contestants have had requests to do demonstrations of their solutions before they've even left the state. That's better uh, than Shark Tank. Oh, yeah, very much like Shark Tank. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, even if you don't win first place, you may have a solution for a problem that someone in the audience may have, and they, they want to come up and, and talk with that team beside the competition. And in fact, as Nilu mentioned, the press releases for the winning team last year for Nokia, um, they, they were public, they were republished uh, in different news organizations globally. So the the reach of the publications is uh, not just limited to inside the intelligence community. And very briefly run through the deadlines here. They've got about a week to register as a team. Sure, Tom. The deadline for contestants to register to participate in the challenge is next Friday, August 20th at 5 p.m., we would be thrilled to have as many participants join us this year as we are really excited to learn about the big splash ideas everyone has a- across the, the community. To add on to that, so the competition will be September 13th and 14th. And to sign up, the Epic App Challenge is hosted on the intelsummit.org website. And we'll post that link at federalnewsnetwork.com. Neelu Norton is senior account executive and Joel Day, account technology strategist, both at Microsoft Federal. Great having you both on. Thank you so much, Tom. And we're looking forward to seeing everyone at the summit. Thank you so much, Tom. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information as promised at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything and it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life, 
And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con- consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I, we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it. Um, From Sea to the C-Suite, fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, And I I tried to do that um, throughout my career, but really it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention and it was... It was, you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions. Uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy, and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy, and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with 
uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment. And it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, And I might add that um, any proceeds from the book Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons and in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And and, uh, I've learned a lot, both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I I would like to add one thing, if I could, Shane. Um, During my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.